being in contention and um, is what's fun. And so being in the lead is fun. And when I'm in the lead, I'm trying to stay in the lead and um, not really overthink things. Just go out there and play golf. Well, it's one of the great days on the calendar, isn't it? Master Sunday, and it is upon us once again. A dramatic final day, no doubt in store at Augusta National, which is where I'm coming to you from right this very second. Hello, Michael McEwen here, live from Augusta, on the latest episode of the Masters Commute in association with Titleist. And wow, Saturday, what a day it has been. Lots of drama, I'm not going to lie. It's been cold. For a Scotsman like me even to complain about the temperatures in Georgia, I think tells you everything. But it has been chilly, it's been tricky, and I think that's been reflected in the scores. Here to look back on the action with me, I'm really excited about this. It's a long-time friend of mine. I want to claim her still as one of our own, even though she's <laughs> setting up home in Jacksonville and she's making a great life and career for herself out there in Florida Diane Ballas. Well, you know her better as Noxie, but Diane Ballas, hello and welcome. Hello. I'm going to first of all give you pelters because Uh-oh. I've lived in Florida now for, oh my gosh, nearly six years. Is it that long? And, yeah. And whenever I mention it being cold over here, I get abuse <laughs> off Twitter. Like, and I say to people, no, but if I'm cold, I'm cold. Like, you're not here. You don't know what it's like. So I'm just going to say to you right now. But to be fair, I was watching it on TV all day and people were bundled up. And like, I know what it's like. We just had the Players' Championship a good few weeks ago and it was so cold in Jacksonville. So I completely sympathise. But I'm going to give you abuse before you get it from anyone else. <laughs> Rightly so. To use a Scottish expression, <laughs> though, it has been Baltic here today. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely freezing i went down to speak to bob mack after his round and people were looking at me funny and i'm thinking why are they looking at me funny that's that's a bit strange and then i realized it's because they are all covered up in layers and i'm walking around in a t-shirt which oh that's so scottish so scottish (laughs) it wasn't quite t-shirt weather so i was regretting my choices instantly but i don't really know if it was four layers worth of cold but that's Americans for you, Diane, as you know only yes. too well. <laughs> well, when we had the players here, and um, it was on the Sunday, it was so cold, and the, the wind chill as well. And I always say to people, there we have such humidity in the air in Florida that when the temperature drops, it feels that kind of like bone-chilling freeze almost. Mm-hmm. So, And with the wind, and I was wrapped up in all these layers, and people were like, are you going on a skiing holiday? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I say to everyone, guys, I'm Scottish, I'm smart. Yes. <laughs> such thing as bad weather is bad preparation so I had all the layers on. Quite right too I actually think I saw that photo I know exactly the outfit you're referring to and for the record fair play well done. And you know what I probably had on about six layers and I had a big fleece and I think I took it off for maybe one hole and then it was straight back on because it started raining and I'm like see I'd much rather be comfortable instead of freezing and of course you still see all the people walking around in like their tiny little sundresses and I'm like oh my gosh maybe I'm just old now maybe I just grow <laughs> up and I'm just way too sensible now oh it's definitely not that it's, it's just that you are you're more experienced than you were yeah, so that's, that's where good. we're and at. I am a, I'm a golf course walking professional as I like to say <laughs> which I we'll come walked, to there's yeah, there's lots to be said course. on that <laughs> <laughs> well look you've, you've walked the, the fairways at Augusta National a fair few times as well which we'll we'll come to but first things first 
it's been an interesting tournament thus far, as I'm watching it just now. So it's currently 16 minutes past seven on Saturday, if you want to be precise. And Scotty Scheffler, it looks like he's got a little bit of a, a rules drama, a drop going on there on 18. But he is 10 under par, as it stands, currently leading by four from Cam Smith, six from the third-placed Sung J M. Tell me, Diane, what have you made of the Masters so far? Has it been as thrilling as you were hoping it would be coming into the week? Well, I think we have to talk about Tiger at the mm-hmm. forefront because the the buzz and the excitement and when he committed to play, even though we all had a fair idea that he was going to play after turning up and knowing what he's like, you know, he likes to keep his cards close to his chest, but we knew that he wasn't going to turn out to Augusta National the week of the Masters if he didn't intend on playing. And he wasn't going to play if he didn't think he could seriously contend and win. So it's just been so exciting to watch him play on Thursday and to do a pretty good job was just amazing. Like it is the sort of thing that you're you're going to look back on for years and be like, how did he do it? And obviously, you know, round three was disappointing for him today. But the fact that he's still there, he's clearly in a lot of pain. I mean, we definitely saw that on Saturday. But he's going to get out there, he's going to play his final round and he's going to tick off another Masters and another, you know, successful Masters because you have to compare it to everything he's been through and the kind of standard that he's at right now and it's it's been thrilling it really is a joy to watch you're absolutely right I mean even though today didn't go the way he wanted it was a, a round of 78 that ended up signing for he's well out of contention at this moment you know the wrong side of the of 40th place on the leaderboard as it stands there's not going to be barring a miracle and I know he specializes in those but barring a miracle he's not going to be getting a sixth green jacket this week a lot of that though was to do with his putting it wasn't really According to him, anyway, it wasn't really anything physical that was holding him back today. It was just the fact that he putted terribly. You know, four three putts, a four putt. I think he estimated by you know what he said in his post-match comments that or post-round comments that he had something like a thousand putts today. So what we're seeing isn't physical so much as just one of those days on the greens. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he does tomorrow. I, I can't deny it. I mean, yeah. we're getting a lot of stick on social media. People saying, "Why are you focusing so much on Tiger?" It's because of the context of it. It's because of everything that has happened in the last 14 months. And I'm sorry, if people say that, they don't understand (laughs) golf. They don't understand the impact that he's had and continues to have on the industry and on the sport. Not just for us as golf media members or for spectators but for generations that are playing on tour that grew up being massive Tiger fans for generations to come that are seeing what he's witnessing right now Mm. uh, seeing what he's achieving right now and it's like it's unbelievable so I've had a lot of those messages too and I'm like oh you have as you say it's the context exactly and the fact that he even teed it up this week was just out of this world look you've been here as I said walked the fairways but you've got a unique perspective, really, because you've been here when your brother, Russell, was playing in it. Now, I've mm-hmm. spoken to a lot of people who've been to the Masters, been both sides of the ropes, but I've never spoken to anyone who's been the other side of the ropes, if you like, following a family member, you know, cheering them on, hoping for the best. Give us an insight into what that's like. Well, I mean, for me, obviously, like, I work in golf, so there's a lot of tournaments that I'm out there working and 
supporting my brother at the same time. And sometimes the line is a little bit blurred and it makes it quite hard. But the Masters is one event when I did get to go watch Russell that I was 100% there as his sister. No phones on the course, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you can be tempted to go and do a little bit of work (laughs) or to check something. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, just amazing. We all stayed together in a house that he rented for the week and... It was just the first drive down Magnolia Lane with him in the car. It's like such a goosebump moment. And the, I mean, the whole week, they you know what it's like. They get treated amazingly well. The family gets treated amazingly well too. But when he was on that tee on Thursday, like it's a tears in your eyes moment. It's like you think of all the hard work that he's put in since he was a tiny kid to be standing on the first tee at the Masters. It's like it was, I'll never forget that feeling because I was so proud of him. Yeah, and rightly so. Was that something that he always wanted? I mean, presumably he always did, but did he talk about it when he was little, about, you know, trying to get to the Masters? Oh, yeah. And it's that thing where he'd be, like, practising putting and be like, and this to win the Masters! <laughs> and, <laughs> to be honest... At Inverness Golf Club, now. really? <laughs> <laughs> he still does that now, because... He wants to get back. I mean, mm-hmm. the last year he was there was 2016. No, 2017. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he wants to be back there more than anything. And he's a golf fan. So, of course, he's sitting on his couch enjoying it all this week. But the goal is year after year to be at the Masters because at the end of the day, it's a reward. Yes. You know, you're there as a reward if you win or if you're in the top 50 in the world or if you have a great finish in one of the other majors. So he wants to be back in that position where he earns his place there next year. And he's been playing pretty well recently as well. So with any luck, he's going to be back here and it would be great to see him come back. Does he like the course? Um, He's missed the cut both times that he's played Mm. in the Masters. But yeah, I mean, I think he does. I think it would be very hard to say that you don't like Augusta National. (laughs) (laughs) If you say that, then you don't deserve to be playing there. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think he does like it. And I know that one year he, I think he just missed the cut. But um, yeah, he probably has a little bit of unfinished business in that sense that he wants to be there. But I talked to my dad the other day. It was when the party contest was on and my dad was like... I tell you what, I'm telling him the next time that he is in the field that I am caddying for him in that part of the contest. <laughs> He's like, as a thank you for everything I did for him when he was growing up, I don't care what he says, I am caddying for him in the part three contest. <laughs> oh, good on him. Good on him as well. So yeah, of the part three contest, I mean, let's say Russell gets back and, you know, plays in the Masters a few more times. Would you be tempted to get the overalls on and give it a go? Oh, he would never let me. Would he not? <laughs> I would be so far down the list. Surely you can pull rank. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. The year that I was there in 2017 with him, actually, the par 3 was cancelled. So, I mean, that in itself was an amazing day because we the weather forecast was terrible, like it was this year. And we kind of knew in the morning that the chance of it going ahead was really slim. But we went to the course really early and... Um, as they were all kind of deciding what was going to happen, we were all hanging about in the like caddy hut. It's not a hut, it's like a grand building, but just at the <laughs> range. So it was great to sit there. Uh, Russell and I were sitting with Fluff, uh, Jim Burek's caddy, and uh, of course Tiger's caddy at one point. Yeah. Um, and we were just hearing stories, and that was a really cool moment actually to see that from that perspective. And then of course you get the news that it's not going ahead. But yeah, the whole week, it's just such a special week, and it's a special week for the players, for the families for the patrons for everyone that gets to be there it's a real honor to be on the ground you're totally right it's a privilege i mean and it's it's a special week even for the media i mean we get treated so so well this building that i'm in just now it's 
I think I spoke about it earlier in the week. It's just absolutely incredible the facilities yeah, that they've really provided. Been there. So it's amazing. It's not bad at all, is it? Have you been in all the tunnels? Did you get to do that? No. So one of the companies I work for, as you know, Secret Golf, is mm-hmm. owned by Steve Elkington. And he, being a PGA champion, gets invited to the Masters every year. So I've been able to go with him twice. And there's a caddy there who's caddied at Augusta National for years. And Elk knows him really well. So he gave us a, like, behind-the-scenes tour around Augusta National. And there's all these, like, underground tunnels. And it was modelled on a Disney World. So no way. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is such a cool story. So they consulted with like whoever had done all the logistical like underground design of Disney and that's kind of what they've uh, replicated at Augusta National so like you'll never see golf carts driving around with water on the carts and all the food and stuff to replenish all the concession stands because it's all underground that is incredible my mind has just exploded that is truly amazing there you go on that bombshell that takes us neatly into the break loads more coming up with Diane Ballas right after this It takes great determination and perseverance to qualify for a major championship. It also takes complete trust in your golf ball. That's why the majority competing at this year's Masters will be teeing up the Pro V1 or Pro V1X. For them, earning an invitation is just the beginning because the passion, desire, and commitment to be your best never ends. Titleist, the most played ball at the Masters and the number one ball in golf. Welcome back. Part two of today's Masters Commute in association with Titleist. Michael McEwen here with Diane Ballas. So, Diane, at this point in the previous podcast that I've been doing this week, and it seems to have gone down quite well. Everyone's taken an interest. My wife particularly is interested in this part of the show. I'm going to ask you possibly the hardest Masters question you've ever been asked. Oh, no. Yes. What is your go-to item? on the master's menu when you come to Augusta? Well, I know the answer to this right away and it makes me happy that I wasn't there this year because the Georgia peach ice cream sandwich was my like ultimate go-to and I would look forward to that every time I've been and then this year because of supply issues or whatever they didn't have it on the menu. I know shocker there's a lot of people walking around the media centre with long faces this week and I think that might be the reason. What's so good about it? I don't it's just amazing the cookies are like so chewy in the middle and they have that like peach kick to them and then the ice cream is like oh my gosh but the other thing (laughs) that they do that hopefully they still have excuse me is the is it the georgia peach and pecan cookies or it's like white chocolate peach and they if they have those cookies i used to like get so many of them and on the drive back to jacksonville it was about four and a half hours and i would just eat those cookies the whole time (laughs) i mean for me i love food so whenever i would go to the concession stand i'd be like i'll have one of those one of those one of those and um, (laughs) last time i was there in 2019 i uh, was working for the pga tour at the weekend back in jacksonville so I was at Augusta National all week and then I came back on like the Friday night or Saturday morning and I bought loads of sandwiches. So on the Sunday, I went to my mum and dad's house to watch the final round and I took all the sandwiches over and we had like a proper little master's party. Oh, but fantastic. Yeah, the food is so good and it's so cheap. Well, it's free in the media centre, of course, as oh, well. Wow. That, I mean, that's that's the best thing about it. Being a typical Scotsman, I'm going, oh, wait a minute. Free, you say? 
Well, I'll have like two. When I brought back all those sandwiches, I actually did buy them. <laughs> I didn't steal them all from the media centre. Well done, well done. Pimento cheese, thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, for me, I'm very middle of the road about it. I could probably mm-hmm. eat half of one, but it gets very like. Uh, claggy, like stuck in your throat. It's a good Scottish word. We've been doing this now for 15 minutes and 51 (laughs) seconds and I've turned you back into a Scot. No bother at all. But do you know what I mean? It's like, it just is a little bit too, like, sickly. But the egg salad is a winner as well. That's such a good sandwich. I got a massive surprise when I went to the the stand in the media centre, the grab and go earlier this week, and I picked up what it said on the front was a sausage biscuit. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Opened it up and it's basically sausage meat that looks like a burger but in a hot scone. Yeah. Totally like a, confusing. Yeah, that is a real American thing. Like sausage is um usually comes in like a little patty like that. Mm. And the biscuit is like a scone for sure, yeah. Yeah, I was I, I just couldn't figure it out. I was going to file a complaint <laughs> under the Trade Descriptions Act, but then I thought, you know what? If I do that, might not get asked back. So I just but they're won't. so good, aren't they? Yes. Like, with so all the hot sauce you can manage as well. Yeah, just oof, fan- fantastic scenes. <laughs> we could talk about food a, a lot more, I'm quite sure, but look, let's get back to the golf. And as I look at the leaderboard, Scotty Scheffler has just finished up. He's bogeyed the last, went long with his approach. And yeah, he is now nine under overall as we head into the final round. He's got a three-shot lead. Started the day with a five-shot lead. It's now trimmed to three. Cam Smith, the Aussie, the winner of the Players' Championship, Diane down in your neck of the woods just a month ago. Four under par round today. He is six under. He is Scotty Scheffler's closest challenger. Sungjae M on four under. Shane Lowry and Charles Schwartzel, the 2011 champ, they are both on two under par. The only other players under par, interestingly, Justin Thomas and Corey Connors. So it hasn't exactly been a lights out Masters. Conditions have a lot to do with that, I would imagine. Diane, what are you looking forward to going into Masters Sunday and what are you expecting? Well, two things. Number one, I never want to root against anyone. Like, I never want to, uh, you know, hope that someone makes bogeys. However, I'm glad that that gap has been shortened because the way that Scheffler was playing on Friday and even the start of Saturday, I'm like, oh my gosh, he could run away with this. Like, it could be game over by the time Saturday is over. And Cam Smith um, was kind of hoping that he'd be his closest challenger, but Cam Smith had such a bad day on Friday that you were almost hoping that it was like just an anomaly and that he was going to sort it out and get back to being the the wizard around the greens and on the greens that we're used to. And thankfully he did. Cam Smith was my pick at the start of the week as well. Mine too. I'm like, come on. Yeah. So, and yeah, if you're right, you know, it would be great if the leaderboard was a little bit more stacked and congested at the top. But if we could have a battle between Scheffler and Smith tomorrow, and if, I mean, number one is a really tough hole. Mm-hmm, yeah. So if, if over the first couple of holes, and then of course birdie chance on two, birdie chance on three. So if um, if we could really get something going at the start, it could be an amazing. But imagine those two, like the two hottest players in the world, really right now. 
and them going head to head on the back nine of the Masters on Sunday. I mean, that would just be amazing. It sure would. And I think that's credit to the, the people at Augusta National who have set up the course because it has identified, as you rightly say, the two best players on the planet in the world right this very second. So, yeah, yeah kudos to them. I'm looking down the leaderboard a little bit more. Currently tied for ninth. There's a bunch of players there, one over, so 10 shots back. One of those, Rory McIlroy, a one under par round today. You know what? It's been a really under under the radar masters for Rory in so many ways. People weren't really talking about him coming into the week, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, he hasn't had amazing form. Not terrible, not amazing. Then the Tiger story happened and all of the Rory career Grand Slam chat, just the brakes were put on that. <laughs> and he hasn't really played especially well, or especially poorly, over the first mm-hmm. three rounds. But he's in there. He's he's in the top ten as it stands. Is 10 shots back too much of a deficit? Yes, I'm going to say yes. The the way that Rory's been playing and just the way that Scheffler and Smith and some of the other guys in the top 10 have been playing, I think that the deficit is just too deep. But I heard something on Golf Channel today, actually, that really like stuck with me. They were talking about Rory and they were saying, you know, he's such a well-rounded guy now. You know, he's grown up, he's a husband, he's a father, he's a businessman. Like, he seems very, like, content and chilled in his life. Has he lost that kind of fight, like, that drive to really get these big victories and get the career Grand Slam taken care of? So, I don't know, as soon as I heard that, I thought that's a really interesting point because we don't see that real fight from him anymore. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I would love to see him do it. We all would, because everyone loves Rory. So it would be great to see him. But this has been hanging over his shoulders for a long time now. And it just, I don't know. I i don't think it's going to be this year. You know, I think he's just way too far back. But I don't know. He was switching it up, as he said, by playing in the Valero Texas Open the week before the Masters. He missed the cut. So... It's got to be on his mind, and he tried something a little bit different this year in his preparation, but I don't really think that worked for him either. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I feel like Rory tries something different every time he comes to Augusta, and as much as he's playing it down this year and trying to talk up that, you know, I'm not stressed, it is what it is, I've got other things going on in my life, which he does, and, you know, I I get it, but this just feels like it's the latest idea from Rory to try something new. He's never shown up to the Masters the last eight years doing the same thing as he did the year before. I mean, if he's not Mm -hmm. been trying to add distance and chasing yards with a sort of Bryson style, not quite that extreme, but that kind of experimenting with his game, then he's been reading these really deep pseudo-intellectual books. (laughs) Every year he has a new strategy. So I kind of feel that as much as I want to believe that this is a new approach that Rory's taking to life in general I can't help but think that this is something he's trying to tell himself he needs to do as a strategy to win the Masters does that make sense? Yeah I mean he's maybe just thinking about it too much and and maybe we need more action less thought. Yes that's a good way of putting it. Play golf not golf swing or golf games or whatever it might be Yeah and Cam Smith said that after his round on Saturday that he just didn't want to think about after having a bad round on Friday by his standards he just didn't want to think about it so much Mm -hmm. so there's always a lot to be said for that isn't there yeah there definitely is I mean look at uh, Charles Schwartzel coming off like what six consecutive miscuts and entering the Masters thought hey I'm just going to go back on YouTube and watch clips from 
2011 when I won the green jacket. And I mean, look at him. So I don't know. There's a lot to be said, I guess, for stripping it back and simplifying. But it's also very easy for us to say that too. Oh, I know. I get it. I tell you what, I'd love to have some kind of frame of reference from you on YouTube that I could just go and watch every so often. But alas, no. Do you want to know? This is a little personal story, but. Russell, we were talking about uh, Russell Knox, my brother, and how he, I mean, he's playing great now, but I remember uh, COVID year, 2020, he kind of um, really struggled after coming back from the break. So I would send, go on YouTube and I like made this little video of all of his highlights from like wins and good putts and stuff. And I was Did like, you really? This. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure he's like, okay, I'll watch it. But I mean, I, I send him little videos all the time because you know, I'll go on YouTube and they'll always come up in my favourites, like, you know, winning putt when he won the Travellers or those two putts when he won the Irish Open. And I'll send him them all the time. And I'm like, these have just been the best moments. Like, incredible. Go do it again. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good sister. I actually can't remember the last time my sister did anything remotely close to that nice for me. No. <laughs> I think it was probably when we were kids and she probably got me like a Ghostbusters figurine or something like that for Christmas that no doubt my parents paid for, but... Uh, Good for you. That That's very nice of you. Oh, I, nice. I want to finish up with Bob McIntyre, yes. who, okay, didn't go his way today. He had a bit of a struggle uh, in, in a lot of respects, but it's another major. It's another major cup made. That's now mm-hmm. his first eight majors that he's made it to the weekend in. Now, you look at some of the other players and, you know, greats through history. Well, Jack missed his very first major cut. You know, the Tiger Woods made three, then missed a cut. You look, then I suppose Lee Trevino, he had six before he missed his first. Nick Faldo made it to 11, so there's the benchmark for Bob if he wants to go that far. It's clearly not a record or something like that that players want to look back on at the end of their career and say, I did this. You know, you want to achieve bigger and better things, but it's hard not to be impressed with just how well Bob has taken to this kind of stage. How great is he? Like, he's just, I think he's just the most refreshing, uh, down-to-earth, like, just normal guy. Like, um, I'll watch stuff that he's done, um, little videos that, I think he did one for Scratch with the PGA Tour when they visited him in Open. And I watched that so many times because I'm like, he's just, he's what it's all about. He is the kid that is achieving their dreams you know is insanely talented but is working hard not taking anything for granted and basically enjoying every single minute of it and he's so talented and the fact that he's turning up on these major stages as you say and performing with the best in the world you know it's only a matter of time before he something happens where it's global recognition for bob and Obviously, we saw him. He got a few sponsors' exemptions and invites to play in PGA Tour events. We just need more of that. Let's just get him playing over here more. And he's there's something really big coming for him soon. That's for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that Oban's been good for him as well. You know that sort of the 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 town, the lifestyle, the environment, the people there. Obviously, all like him. He's very popular. But they also. I don't know if this is a Scottish thing, Diane. I mean, you can probably speak to better than I can because you've lived both sides of the Atlantic, but. They kind of just leave him to his own devices. They know who yeah. he is, but nobody interferes. It's mm-hmm. I think that Oban living there definitely seems to work for him at this moment in time. Yeah, and you know what? I can't see him doing anything different. I can't see him ever wanting to switch that up and go live somewhere else. Okay, maybe if like 
you know, he does get this big win that we feel is around the corner and maybe he can buy a second house and live in Jupiter in Florida or something, you know. And that sounds that, nice. Yeah, wouldn't that be a great life? But I think he's all, you're right. You know, I don't know him personally, but I think that his heart's always going to be in this small town that he grew up in. And that's exactly how it should be. But did you see the video of him driving down Magnolia Lane the other day? And he put Highland Cathedral over it. I was like, I'm sitting at my desk with tears streaming down my face. And I'm like, get a grip. (laughs) Oh, it it, it just does something to you, doesn't it? It does something. So look, finally... Final question. This is the, I, I know the food question was, it was meant to be tough, but you answered it so easily. So okay. this is the really tough question. Oh gosh, okay. Who's going to be wearing the green jacket tomorrow night? <sighs> Goodness. It's very hard to see past Scheffler because Scheffler, again, very calm, very composed. He has got Ted Scott on the bag now and the two of them have just been like a killer combo with three wins in his last five starts, not including the Masters, obviously, but um, I don't know. I would love to say that Cam Smith could do it because how great would that be for him to win the players and then the next time he teed it up to win the Masters. But I just find it really hard to see past Scheffler because I think today would have um, jolted him a little bit. Obviously, he had that five-shot lead heading into Saturday. He's got a three-shot lead heading into Sunday. But he's got the experience of Ted Scott, who they obviously are working very well together. But Ted Scott was on the bag for Bubba's two wins at Masters 2. So he knows what to do. He knows how to keep his man calm. They've obviously got a solid strategy for the course. So I think... Do you not agree? I think he's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think you've nailed it with Ted Scott. I mean, he, he for me, is the difference between Scheffler last year and Scheffler this year. Mm-hmm. The experience that he brings, and certainly the experience, as you say, around Augusta, not just of the course, not just of the tournament, but down the stretch and winning, I think, is going to be invaluable. And look, as rough a day, if you want to call it that, or as rough a finish as Scheffler had today, he still shot an under-par round. So that's three consecutive under-par rounds. At that rate, somebody is going to have to shoot a low number to to beat him, unless he beats himself. And I want to resist the temptation to say that old line about the back nine on Sunday, but a lot can happen, as we've seen before. It happens every year, Mm. every single year. So you're sticking by it, Scotty Scheffler? But Cam Smith was my pick at the start of the week, so... You've I'm got the top two. Position. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you I, can't go wrong. Fair, I two of them. <laughs> Those are my two picks. <laughs> Here comes Sungjae M to spoil the Diane Ballas party. That's exactly Which would be great to see as well. Of course would it cool. would. But I, th- I just think that Scheffler is uh, too good, too confident, too strong, too strategized right now really to, to slip up that much. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree. I think I agree. But I'm going to sit somewhat on the fence. <laughs> Because, okay. you know, it's my podcast. I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. More or less. More or less. Look, Diane, it's been such a pleasure to catch up with you. It's been much too long. Thank you so much for coming on and having a blather and for your insights as well. Much appreciated. Oh, thank you for asking me. I loved it. Thank you for having me on. And whatever happens, we love a Masters Sunday and we're going to enjoy it. That is 100% right. And for all of you sitting at home listening to this, Well, the message is simple. Go and get the fridge stocked up, get all your munchies ready, sit back, relax and let the drama unfold. Another thrilling finale to the Masters is in store. I'll be back again on Monday morning with a recap of the final day's play. We'll know 
who the 86th Masters champion is. Until then, enjoy the action. Thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye for now.